we, we want to make sure you know how to quote the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he making me to lie down in green pastures you restore my soul he leaded me in the paths of righteousness yea though I walk through the I shall fear no evil for thy rod and thy staff some people over there quiet that's all right yeah yeah I, I, and you want the people to be able to quote these scriptures and tell you where they are but many of the people that know these scriptures to heart don't know the god of that scripture welcome to the life experience a broadcast brought to you by life worship center where we're led by a dynamic duo bishop denzel and robin rule we are a church that lives in love operates in integrity walks by faith and have been empowered by God. Stay tuned, there is definitely a life-changing word awaiting you. And now, here is Pastor Denzel with today's word. That goes against the nature of God, and, and, I, and, I, see, and, and I understand your point about uh, it being a contrary lifestyle, but I'm not trying to hit nobody to, to um, insult you, but what I'm telling you is that anything that you think is from God that condones you living a life that goes against the order of God, if you do anything like that, that beloved, that is not, that is not consistent with the nature of God, with His holiness. I know I come back on this homosexual agenda again, and I came back here because I'm realizing that many of us are not equipped to address this conversation matter. We can't have this conversation in the body of Christ. It is an unholy lifestyle, but many of us can't speak to it because we don't know how. And we say this, but we don't understand. See, when you see homosexuality as sin, just as teething is sin, just as lying is sin, just as fornication is sin, and adultery is sin, then you have a better way to have, have to approach it. Because now all of you who have your different struggles, you want somebody to love you to wholeness, and we got to love the homosexual and the lesbian to wholeness as well. However, now we'll let you know. Now, you can't be it and be this. In being this and being a child of God, you can have that struggle. There was this famous guy um, in, in the gospel industry, uh, was, was on an interview, I won't call his name, but he said very openly, he says, I ain't struggling with homosexuality, it's not a struggle, I'm a man of God, and I'm a homosexual. See, now that's foolishness. You can't do that, because it's not consistent with that nature of God that is holy. He's a holy God. He's consistent. He's not going to say that the man and the woman become one flesh watch this and then design the anatomy of the man and the anatomy of the woman he designed them that they can become one flesh think about it he created our bodies he did our animatronics Whatever that word is, our anatomies in a way. I was going to put ekel on the end of anatomy, and I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, he, he, he designed it in a way that we can literally come together, male and female, and make one. A male and a male cannot come together and make one. A female and a female cannot come together and make one. And so if he says from the beginning, this is where he designed it, for the man and the woman to come together and become one flesh, then his holiness dictates then that he cannot then say to you, okay, you could go against that law that I established in the beginning. 
that goes against the holy nature of God. Now, I need you all to understand, those of you who we make these smirk comments and we crack these jokes about it, you better understand that there is, the Lord showed this to me about six years ago, that we are close to having a, a LGBTQ church in the Bahamas. The Lord showed me that six years ago. He says, we are close to having that. And while we hear um, cracking jokes and making our comments, these persons are getting their scriptures together, getting their teachers together, and many of them are convinced that they are right. They're convinced that they heard a word from the Lord, and they're going to soon have a church here. They have, they have them in other places, and they will soon be here. Are you going to be surprised to know who's going to be in them? Because there is a boldness that's coming. It's a plot of the enemy uh, that is coming up. But we need to know how to speak to them in love um, and from an intellectual place to bring them to the truth of the word of God. Because many of them are believing that they're hearing from God. All right. So, uh, God didn't give you a word that tells you you can be sinner and saint. No, you can struggle with areas of your life that you need to be delivered from. And we know that because he says that you have to, he says, seek me first. Him telling you seek him first lets, him, lets you know that he knows that there's some other things that you're going to want to seek. Let me say it slow. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. He wouldn't tell you seek first the kingdom of God if the kingdom of God was an automatic seek for you. The reason he tells us to seek it first is because he knows our inclination will not be to seek him first. He knows that it would require effort for us to seek him first. That's why he tells us that we're going to have to make effort to seek him first. Because if we don't put the effort to seek him first, we're going to seek something else. Our flesh is going to want something else. And some of us, our flesh is being programmed to want all kind of crazy stuff. So then we have to seek him first. He understands that. Um, but, but you cannot be this and that. You can be this, struggling with that. But you cannot be this and that. That's not the way it's designed to work. You can't be an adulterer, man of God. No, you could be struggling with adultery. But you can't be an adulterer. Now, here's the question. When does it turn from struggling with adultery to being an adulterer. You know when it turns? When there's no more struggle. When there's no more struggle. Think about that. And there are many of oh, oh. There are many of us with our vices, the struggle is gone. When the struggle is gone with regard to your vice, I got bad news for you. I know you don't want to hear this. I get bad news for you. You remember when you used to struggle to sleep with your boyfriend? Because you know y'all ain't safe. But now there's no more struggle. Now you could now you could actually um be with him from Friday after wake until 7.15. Y'all two jamming from 5 to 7.15 when he pick you up and you buy him and y'all have a good time doing what y'all is do and he can drop you to the conference and you lead praise and worship without a struggle. Ooh. When the struggle is gone, 
You know that was all. The thrill is gone. When the struggle is gone, oh, we in trouble now. Because I tell you, you can't be saved and it. You can be saved and struggle with it. But if struggle is gone, Uh-oh. You can't. You can't. You, I mean, you could be saved and struggling with smoking your little weed. And there's a struggle. You can't be getting smoking your weed before you play the drum at church. And then when you finish, you smoke again while the rev preaching. You come back in and this and that. No, you ain't, you ain't, I ain't think you're struggling no more. And whenever the struggle is gone, you connect the dots. If we was in church and there wasn't no COVID, I'd ask you to slap your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you struggling? <laughs> you know what? Can you do it? No, I, don't, don't, don't type it. I want you to type it, but I don't. Are, are you struggling? No, for real now. Are you struggling? Is this a struggle? Or is this you? Are you struggling? See, I was one of them, and I remember that there was a window where I found myself not struggling no more. Oh boy. I can remember when the struggle left. Actually, I lie. I can remember when I realized the struggle left. Because the struggle had been gone for some time. And then I said, oh God, how I got here. And you know what happened? You know what him you sing then? Though I forget him and wander away. <laughs> I know what it's the wonder. See, y'all wonder why I sing that voice and start crying. That's why um, um, that's my voice, you know. And you know what? I tell everybody that's my voice. I know what it is. Though I forget him. See that? that? That's the wonder. See that wonder? And wander away. Because you ain't know how would Lord God. When did I lose the struggle? But Jesus, what is this? <laughs> Lord Jesus. All right. All right then. Is you struggling? Or is just you? And the last, the, the last thing we told you uh, is that it got to line up with the love of God. That's the last thing. So the, the, the aspects of the nature of God that he gave me was the fact of repentance, order, holiness, and his love. And his love. That's where I'm going to end tonight. I'm not going any further. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, beloved. I see somebody type here, I am struggling. The Lord bless you, beloved. The Lord bless you. Because uh, I can tell you this, man. When you get this understanding, every now and then, now church folk don't like this, but every now and then you want to stop and give God praise for the struggle. I know that don't taste good because you say, but, but pastor, I, I slept with them. Yeah, but give him praise that you cried afterwards. Give him praise that you called in I can't make it to church tomorrow give him praise because of that that's a victory you ain't hearing me that is a victory that there was a time in your life there was a time in your life when you would have done your do 
and left there and gone straight up there and led intercessory prayer like it ain't nobody business but now thanks be to God there's a struggle thanks be to God that on your way to church there's some tears going down the side of your face and there's this feeling of how could I do that to the God that I love oh you better find a way to rejoice because of the struggle because one of the hardest places to be is when the struggle leaves when you become numb when apathy takes over you and you live in the case sarah sarah whatever kind of mindset and now there's no more struggle and you just doing whatever you want to do and you come to church and you lead and see oh god y'all can't handle my truth you can't handle my truth but i can tell you that i know what it is to preach without the struggle y'all ain't ready for this uh, to preach and you're preaching numb because the struggle is gone we don't like tell the truth but if you be honest you know what it is to be in the house of god but you're numb you go there almost by rote somehow you just you just are programmed that you go into church and you programmed that you're going to lead praise and worship and programmed that you're going to usher and programmed that you can do this part of the service and you can teach Sunday school or you can work youth ministry. You're programmed to do these things. But in the midst of this, you don't feel the struggle no more. That pain on the inside, that sinking feeling in your gut. You don't have that sinking feeling no more. The songs of Zion are being sung and the tears don't come down your face no more. You actually smiling and you lead in the worship. You celebrating and you doing your thing and you sit back on your seat and you say, preach Rev, preach Rev. And you go through all their motions and you get in your car. And as soon as you get in your car, you text them and you ask them, where are you? And they say, listen, I'll meet you here tonight. Let me go home first and let me go with the family and I can meet you here tonight and there is no consciousness there is no burden there is no struggle there is no tears oh that's a painful place to be in that's a painful place watch it for that place because when you get in that place now the enemy can move into your life and you will fight when you get to that place that's how you end up like samson because the bible says that after samson bore his heart to delilah and the philistines came on samson samson says i will get up as before and i will deal with these philistines and the bible says something that grabs you it says that he wist not that the spirit of god had left him did not realize that the hand of God was removed from his life. I was reading just last night, um, yesterday actually, the book of Revelation, when the God says, if you don't fix it, I'm about to remove the candlestick. I'm about to remove the fire, Ropokushkata. I'm going to move that thing that makes you who you are. Thank God for the struggle. Hold on to the struggle. Until you could get delivered, keep the struggle. For God's sake, keep the struggle. Keep the pain of the struggle. Don't lose that. 
because when you lose that there is a slippery slope that you find yourself in and before you know it what was afraid of you now begins to mock you Samson is there as a laughing stock and they took his eyes out and he lost his vision he lost his vision and it was symbolic because we know the word of God declares when there's no vision the people perish where there is no view of God, no revelation, no sight of God, that was a physical symbolism of that loss of connection and contact with God, where there's no vision, the people perish. That's why they blinded him. And many of us, if we don't be careful, we get not realize that the Spirit of God has left. Now the Spirit of God may return, but then he was still blind. You know, I don't usually take questions during this time. But I see a powerful question. What do you do when it's gone? When you don't feel the burden anymore? How do you get it back? The first thing you gotta do, Gabby, since you asked me, you gotta cut that thing off. I talked about it last week. Jesus says, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself. You gotta at least make the decision. To cut. Now, see, the physical cutoff is the last thing. You have to make that decision that I'm going to cut this thing off. That gotta happen here first, right? Now, when you make that decision there, now, don't make me wrong now. You make that decision here that you're going to cut it off. But see, in your flesh, there's still a desire for that thing. And now, once you make that decision here, now you go before God in honesty. There must be an honest going before God. An honest, transparent going before God. Now, listen to me. Whenever you find yourself in that predicament, your flesh is here and your spirit is here. Listen to me, Gabby. I'm answering your question because I believe other people need to hear this. Your flesh is here. Your spirit is here. Do not become consumed with beating down your flesh. Gabby, don't do that. That's what we do. That's what I did. I can do this no more. I can do this no more. I can call them no more. I can pull them no more of my book. I can this and that. And I focus on bringing down my flesh. Watch this, Gabby. Here's your flesh. Here's your spirit. Once one comes down, the other will go up. But what has happened is we have been thought we haven't been thought we've been taught to focus on getting this down and if we get this down then this will come up the lord had to speak to me and he said this he said son leave this alone stop trying 
to get your flesh together. And I'm telling those of you listening, stop trying to get your flesh. Hear me. Some of you are typing, but you don't listen good. Hear me. Stop trying to fix your flesh. You never fix your flesh trying to fix your flesh. Stop trying to fix your flesh. The way to fix your flesh is to build your spirit. It is easier to elevate your spirit, man, than it is to pull down your flesh. So you focus. Be intentional. You know, I, have, I did this some when I was growing in prayer and my prayer life. My phone alarms through the day. And you know what it says? It's time to pray. I became that intentional. It still does now. Still to now. I never changed the programming. So my phone alarms through the day and says prayer time. Why? Because I'm building. And see, my prayer changed. See, because I'm not trying to turn on my flesh, my prayer is no longer, Father, help me that I don't do this today. God, I need your strength. I need your anointing, God, that I don't make you upset today. God, help me, God, that my life will please you. God, God, I don't want to curse today, God. Help me, God. I don't want to call that person. God, don't let me call them. I don't pray like that. That's a flesh-focused prayer. I pray, come Holy Spirit. Father, let your oil be upon me so heavy that I don't miss no ministry assignment today. God, keep my eyes open to know where I should be going. Keep my ears attuned to your voice. Father, I want to hear you. I want to be in tune with you. I want to walk with you. See, the devil will let you think because you have the issue in your flesh, you shouldn't be praying that kind of prayer because God don't want to use you. That's a life in the pit of hell. That God, the only way that we can get victory over our flesh is to yield our spirit man to him. And so you begin to pray, Father, send your spirit now. And you got something to tell you, you ain't fit to pray in the Holy Ghost because you got too much sin in your life. Don't you dare pray in tongues. You shut that voice up because that's your flesh. You start to pray, especially if you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you you start praying in the Holy Ghost you start building up your spirit building up your spirit man and you you you, you set times to read the word you govern what you put into your air you change your Netflix movies and stuff like that you shut that down and start feed your spirit feed your spirit but what about my desire for them and calling them don't worry about that leave that focus on building your spirit and as you build your spirit more you even ain't gonna realize that your flesh is getting lower and lower. I ain't telling you what I read, beloved. I'm telling you what I have lived. I took that question because I know how real that is. And sometimes we tell people that they got to do this and do this and do this and never tell them how. You be intentional in building your spirit. Intentional. Reading that word, listening to that word. And the most important thing for you, my sister, is what comes out of your mouth faith comes by hearing keep on saying that word keep on speaking the speaking life watch this watch this your Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof he says they that love to talk they will eat whatever they talk well that's simple then talk what you want to eat talk what you want to eat talk it 
Father, thank you that I'm more anointed. Thank you, God, that your oil is so present in my life. Thank you, God, that I have victory over every weakness in my flesh. Thank you for your Holy Ghost that has empowered me to walk and tread over scorpions and serpents. Thank you, God, for the new job opportunities that I'm about to walk into. Thank you for the favor that's on my life and on my family. See, you, you start talking what you want to eat. Now watch this. Many of us try to change the rest of our life in a single moment. That sounds good. Step in the water, the water is cold. Chill my body and not my soul. Look at my hands, they look new. Look at my feet and they did too. That don't happen. Mm -mm. It don't happen just like that. You can't have changed the rest of your life in a single moment. You can change that moment in that moment. We do one step at a time, one day at a time. And watch this, and I'm done here. The Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say, um, give us this year our daily bread. The, the, the Lord's Prayer that we pray all the time says this, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. So it's a daily walk. Don't listen. I want you to hear me clearly. What I'm saying to you is don't even focus on not paying attention to your flesh. We got to stop making the flesh a focus. Or you got to deny your flesh. Don't make your flesh a focus at all. Forget your flesh. Focus on your spirit, man. Because I'm telling you, your flesh is going to rise up. Your flesh is going to show up. It's going to rise up. That's why you focus on your spirit, man. The Bible says, watch the ant. How the ant stores up. So you just keep, See, when you're building up your, your spirit, man, you're storing up. Because winter will come. There will come a time when that flesh will just shoot up. It's going to happen. But if you build up your spirit sufficiently, when the flesh have a little jolt, see, you end up like this. And your spirit still has the upper hand. Thank you for tuning in to The Life Experience. You've been listening to a portion of a message from our pastor, Bishop Denzel Roll of Life Worship Center. We invite you to join us at any of our weekly services held at the C.H. Reeves Auditorium, located Mini Street, just off of Robinson Road. For more information on our ministry, visit us at facebook.com slash the life experience or Instagram, hashtag LWC Bahamas. You can also contact us at our office. 6015125 We look forward to seeing and hearing from you. Join us every weekday here on Glory 93.9 FM. Until next time, have a life-filled day.